The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. This is only my second show. Ah, I can't believe it. (laughs) So if you guys came back after last week, I really appreciate it here on unityonlineradio.org. Just getting underway. We've got so many great things in store for you, and I've got some amazing shows coming up in the next two months. I'm really excited. You know, something that will uh, hopefully open your mind a little bit, you know, some new information for you to chew on. And today I've got an amazing guest, and I'm I'm really excited that he could join me today. We're going to chill out. Uh, Well, we'll de-stress and we'll also transform if you can do that all in one hour. So I want to welcome my guest today. I miss him so much. (laughs) This has been great because we used to see each other every week um, at the, uh, the old place, and now he's gracing me with his presence in the new place. So David G. is my guest today. He's an internationally recognized stress expert, author, corporate trainer, recording artist, and meditation master. And he's the author of the Nautilus gold medal winning book, Sacred Powers, as well as De-Stressifying and Secrets of Meditation. After spending 20 years in the corporate world, he began a new journey and apprenticed under Deepak Chopra and David Simon and spent 10 years as the lead educator and dean of Chopra University, where he trained more than 200,000 people to meditate. Is that true, David G., 200,000 people? It's actually closer to 300,000. So, yes, it's definitely true. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a big number. That's a lot of uh, meditated, cool people walking around. And he's also certified more than 1,000 meditation teachers. He has several best-selling guided meditation albums and is often referred to as the Velvet Voice of Stillness. I didn't know if you could be that, David G., because, you know, Mel Torme is the Velvet Fog, and you're the... (laughs) You're the velvet voice of stillness. So uh, this is great. You're in good company. So if you'd like to to chill out and check out David G, he can be heard on more than 500 guided meditations available on iTunes, Amazon, also hayhouseradio.com, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, SoundCloud, and on his website, which I hope you check out, davidg.com. And we're going to spend a transformative hour today. David G, welcome. Diane Ray. Diane Ray, we not only saw each other every week, but we saw each other every week for for seven years. You know know how much separation anxiety I had been suffering over the past year? (laughs) It's it's terrible. I miss everybody. I miss you guys. I miss seeing you every week. We would just laugh. And uh, I got to spend time with Peaches, the Buddha princess. We will talk about her a little bit during the hour too. If you saw any of my social media posts, which I've been plastering everywhere, there's one with a, a picture of Peaches, who is uh, kind of uh, everybody's meditation avatar now. She's famous. Right. I think she has her own social media, doesn't she, Peaches? She does. She has her own uh, Instagram account, and she's got more than 2,500 followers on Facebook. So, uh, <laughs> That's great. Definitely. And she so you, you have to check moment. that out, if only you just to see nothing. Peaches. So David G, yeah. you know, if people, yeah. we are going to talk about meditation because of course 
That's what you do. You're an amazing meditation teacher and trainer, a stress expert. You've, you taught me to meditate as well as a lot of other people uh, at Hay House. We had kind of a little meditation group going, and that was really cool. Just to, And it kind of turned me on to meditating with other people, which I thought would be a weird situation to be in, but I found I really enjoy it. I seek it out. And David G., you'll like this. The, down the street from me, there's a, a Buddhist temple, the Dharma Bones, and I go and I, I meditate with them now. I just kind of pop in and, and meditate. I love that. And it's, it's really cool. I, and I really like the group meditation thing. So David G. taught me all of those things, um, which is amazing. But also what's amazing, David G., is your book, Sacred Powers. So I've been really doing a deep dive into this. And, you know, the first time I read it, I mean, I had so much material to read that I would just kind of read it and not really like absorb it and soak it all in. And I'm telling you, I've been working with this book for I think like the past two weeks now, just really reading it because I wanted to be prepared <laughs> when I had you on. Nice. And if you're ready to really transform, if you're looking for a change in your life and you're ready to go all in, then this book is for you, seriously. Uh, some amazing practices that you share in this book. And I wanted to say it's it's a challenging read, but in a good way. You know, because you're you're asking me to do things in the book. Correct. You know, you're, you're right. asking me to participate. It's very experiential, and and that's why it's not an easy read. I mean, you you kind of go back to things. I mean, I'm still doing the 25 questions <laughs> going back. Nice. So nice. It, it's it's just really it's really amazing, transformative. I urge everybody to to give this a read. But since we're talking, uh, you know, about transformation, let's just give people kind of the the in a nutshell because. You were not always the the flowing haired uh, Buddha like presence, you know, hanging out at the secret beach with uh, Peaches the Buddha Princess that you are today. You were once a stressed out, you know, kind of drone uh, in the corporate world, you know, doing the grind like all of us, and and just kind of felt that itch, you know, that pull for something more. And I think people will really relate to that, you know, because so many people are in that position and want something more. Yeah, um, you know, I I was absolutely uh, not not knee deep, but like way over my head in the corporate world, uh, doing that for uh, almost twenty years. And uh, I was involved in finance. I was in mergers and acquisitions in Wall Street. You know, working that classic twenty four seven, seventy hour week. Um, and at a, at a certain point. Um, and I started meditating, uh, you know, way back in college. It was a, uh, actually, it was an experimental Asian studies course, and uh, it was run by our Zen master, and there were 12 of us, and my Zen master stood in the corner of the room, and we sat in a circle, and we all meditated together, and we were instructed to raise our hand when a thought popped into our head, and when we raised our hand, our Zen master in his hand, he carried an 18-inch bamboo stick known as a kesaku, and he would come over and thwack us on the back, um, and it hurt. And so ultimately, I, I found myself not raising my hand. I was like lying to my Zen master, and I think when you're, when you're lying to your Zen master, it's, it's time to move on. So that, that made me realize, there's got to be another kind of meditation that doesn't hurt. And so I started to explore Tantra and Vipassana, and mindfulness, and mantra-based meditations, and candle gazing, and drishti meditations, and like all these different chocolate-tasting meditations, all these different types of meditations. And some of them I, I hung out with for a couple of weeks, and some of them I 
I lived and practiced for, for a decade. And what I realized is that everyone has a different access point to stillness and silence. So whether you are like so totally straight-laced, working in the corporate world, or whether you're an angel card reader and, you know, uh, uh, communing with mermaids and dolphins, uh, there's an access point for you to connect to that space, that space between your thoughts, that space between your breath, that space between your words, that space between your actions, because that's who you truly are. And that's, that's really where you become your most creative, your best version, and that's where you tap into the best expression of yourself. But, you know, if someone says, sit down, and now repeat this thing, and, you know, it sounds like gibberish or it's not resonating with you, then you're not going to stick with it. And so I start to explore all the different ways to do that. Um, and then I got deeper and deeper into the corporate world. And then I got deeper and deeper into devotion to my company and then into managing a team of people and then suddenly working on the weekends and then suddenly having deadlines and projects and, and all those types of things. And I suddenly realized that I, meditation had slipped away. I, I had replaced my early morning meditation, which had been like the beautiful start of my day to set the trajectory. I'd replaced that with an early morning train ride to the World Trade Center. And I'd replaced my, my late afternoon meditation with a nice big glass of scotch at the end of the day to, to drown out everything that I had absorbed over the course of the day. And like that, meditation was gone from my life, but also gone from my life was balanced. And uh, I was feeling empty inside. And I was feeling like, why am I, what am I here for? And what am I accomplishing? And what will be my legacy? And, and uh, I've disconnected from all the things I love in life and in quest of showing up at this job every single day and, uh, and really feeling fried. And in the wake of 9-11, I was walking down a street in southern Manhattan, uh, Soho. And I passed, uh, I was walking past this, uh, row of cardboard boxes that people were living in. And as I walked past this particular box, a hand reached out. It grabbed my pant leg. It pulled me down into it. And this face peered up at me and gazed into my eyes and said, what's going to be on your tombstone? And that's like a fairly reflective moment. That like just blew me away. And I refer to these as like butterfly moments. And like in that moment, all the noise of the street stopped. All the sounds of New York stopped. There's no, no traffic, no footsteps, no people. It was just like me and this, this amazing celestial being that was like holding onto my pant leg, you know, was gazing into my eyes, asking me that question. And I, and I thought like, well, what is going to be on my tombstone? And I had no answers. And she asked me a couple of other questions. And I figured, well, he's just, there's a guy living in a box. He's just looking for some charity. So I reached into my pocket to find a few bills, and he pinned my hand against, you know, he, he pinned his hand against my pocket, pinning my hand inside it. And he said, it's not about the money. The answer is in the stars. Find your sacred powers. And I was like, what? And then, you know, ultimately, I, like, I dropped the money, you know, just like dropped it on the sidewalk. And then I, I, I realized, and I reached down to pick it up and to hand it to him, and he'd gone back into the box. So I, like, popped the money inside there and started to walk in my my knees got weak and I was hyperventilating and I was dripping sweat and I was like freaking out. And I sat down uh, on the stairs of, a, of an apartment house, you know, just, just like 20 feet away. And I was like, what, what just happened there? What was that? What, what, you know, I could have chalked it up to just another day in kooky New York with a, you know, some guy living on the street or, you know, was this a voice from 
from God? Was was this a, a message from the divine? And I, and I didn't know. But when I came home that night and shared that story with my wife, she was like, you need to quit your job. You need to stop this whole thing. And uh, she said, there's this guy, Deepak Chopra. He's teaching a meditation workshop in Oxford, England. And uh, I had never heard of Deepak Chopra. Didn't know who he was. And she said, it's like a week long, so you should go there. So I'm fairly obedient. I quit my job, and I headed off to Oxford, England. And, you know, it was in the wake of 9-11. So no one was flying. I thought there'd be a 1,000 people at this workshop, and they were like 30. And over the course of that week of meditating every single day and meditating in the morning and at noon and the afternoon and the evening, I got lighter and lighter and lighter. And that weight that had been weighing on my heart and that emptiness that was inside of me suddenly started to dissipate, and I, and I felt joy for like the first time in, in, in decades. And, uh, you know, then I did what everyone must do after you hang out with Deepak Chopra for a few days. At the end of that workshop, uh, I headed off to India uh, in search of the guru, you know, on my own little eat, pray, love journey without the eating and the love. And I <laughs> uh, started, started traveling around India in search of the guru, looking for like the ultimate answer. And I searched high and low. I went up, you know, into the Himalayas to visit His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, but he wasn't there that day. You know, and then I traveled the streets and I bathed in the Ganges and I prayed every morning and I meditated and I practiced yoga. And I went into the temples and I did all the devotional things, searching, searching, searching. And one day at the, after I'd been there for about five months, uh, I was laying in a, in a hammock uh, in a cashew forest in Kerala, in way, way south India. And I was reading the Bhagavad Gita, this ancient, you know, Indian text. And I'd read this particular chapter, I don't know, a hundred times. And it was just a, uh, another book. But in that moment, I, I read chapter two, verse 48 which is where Krishna is talking to Arjuna. You know, God is talking to the greatest warrior who ever lived. And he says these words to him, Yogasta Kuru Karmani. Yogasta Kuru Karmani. Establish yourself in the present moment and then perform action. You know, this is when Arjuna says, how am I supposed to live my life, God? How am I supposed to, like, proceed? You know, what's, what are the steps I should take? And, and so essentially he says, first get chill, then be brilliant. Hashtag chill bro. You know, and that's just <laughs> that's like, great. that's just like, that's just like stopped me. And I was like, oh my God, that's the answer. Yoga Sakuru Karmani, establish yourself in the present moment and then perform action. And I like jumped on a bus and I waked back to Mumbai and waited in the airport for like 20 hours and flew back home. And a friend of mine said, dude, you know, it's been like three weeks since you got home from India and all you do is sit around and meditate. And I was like, I know, isn't that like amazing? So great. And he was like, no, no, you need to do something with this. If you really want to, you know, do something with this, you need to, you need to teach other people. You need to share, other, share this teaching, this timeless wisdom with other people. And I was like, uh, you know, I just want to meditate. I don't really want to share it with anyone. I don't want to even talk about it. I just want to do it. And he said, well, if you really want to learn something, learn to teach it. He goes, why don't, you, why don't you reconnect with your boy Deepak? Why don't you go out to California? He's got a center out there. And, uh, you know, maybe you can, uh, you know, learn to teach it. So I went out to uh, hang out, you know, reconnect with Deepak. And uh, I was there for like two days. And Deepak and David Simon, the co-founders the co of the Chopra Center, um, on the second day, they offered me the position of, of chief operating officer. And they said, you know, you, if, if you want to, like, share your expertise with us, we'll share with you all these teachings. It'll be a beautiful exchange. And I was like, done. I'm in. And, That's uh, it. What an amazing it. trajectory. 
that was like the seed of everything. So from that day on, I was like teaching, I was practicing, I was being introduced to all the great teachers. That's where I met Wayne Dyer, you know, that's where I met Oprah, that's where I met, you know, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, like all these people through that journey. And ultimately, I became the dean of Chilka Center University. And, you know, then I wrote Secrets of Meditation, you know, that's, you know, through the, through the grace of Louise Hay. And um, then I started, you know, doing my radio show and uh, live from the sweet spot. And, you know, over that period of time, I got the opportunity to, to literally teach thousands of people every single week to connect to the stillness and the silence that rests within. And I learned to hear, like, what prevents them. They gave me their feedback, their insights. And, you know, as a dean, I was able to certify, you know, a couple of hundred people every year and really spend time with their practice and teach them all the tools and techniques. And then at a certain point, after I'd been there for 10 years, I was like, you know what? Let me travel the world and share this stuff with people because, you know, I want to be able to, to teach in hospitals and schools and, and be in different cities and countries around the world. And uh, here we are. And here we are to the present moment yeah. on Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. <laughs> uh, I love that. I had to throw that in. I mean, I love that story because it, first of all, it just kind of reminds us to pay attention to you know, what's going on and, and even you paying attention to where you could have just dismissed the guy in the box, you know, because unfortunately there are so many people in that position, especially in New York. And you could have just said, Oh, he's, he's crazy, you know, but something tapped you on the shoulder and said, no, you need to take this step. And then everything just kind of unfolded from there. That's so amazing. And it just goes to show that a, you know, one, one second, one moment, of, of an interaction with someone and, and you call it the ripple in the book can change your yeah. life can really make oh, I mean, that, a big that, that transformative change. Like, I love that. Yeah. That interaction seemed like hours to me and you know, probably it was, it was less than a minute, you know? And so, yes, you can, if you're really willing to listen and I mean, really, really listen, um, you will get that divine guidance. You absolutely will. And so um, that's really why, why I wrote sacred powers. I, I you know, I, I get, get hundreds of emails every single day from people saying like, should I leave my husband? Should I dump that loser? Should I quit my job? Should I move to, you know, 3,000 miles away? You know, should I change careers? You know, I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I can teach you how to get so still and so quiet and connect to your um, stillness at such a level that you will hear the whispers of your heart. And then you can opt to listen to that. Because I, I truly believe that the answer to every single question we could ever ask rests inside. We just have to be able to and willing to uh, progressively quiet the fluctuations of our minds until we can hear those whispers of the divine. And that's repeated in so many different traditions and, and texts. You know, in, in the Bible, be still and right. know. Um, I'm sure right. in the Bhagavad Gita, there's a similar thing, or in the the Quran or the Torah, right? I mean, so, and that's kind yeah. of what you're, what you unpack in the book is that this information, even going back to all those ancient texts is available to us to transform and we will find those answers within. Right. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I, I've been studying these teachings now since, since uh, 2002. So it's about 16 years where I've spent like every single day diving deep into ancient wisdom traditions and practicing them and teaching them and sharing them and exploring them and being a student and, and a teacher in that process. 
And at a certain point, suddenly it was so apparent to me that there's so many overlaps, you know, some real core teachings that aren't cultural and they're not even civilization-based. They're universal. They're so deep and they're so deeply embedded in Asian cultures and in, and in First Nation cultures and in Native American cultures and South American cultures and African cultures and Middle Eastern cultures and Babylonia, which is now Iraq and in Egypt. Um, you know, they are and not just India. The India is sort of like the most obvious for people, you know, who are practitioners of yoga or, or the Vedas. Um, and suddenly I realized, you know what, there are these divine principles that are so universal that if we can just allow ourselves to connect to them again, because we knew them, we know them inherently, but if we can just allow ourselves to go, oh, you know, it's just like electricity. It's, you know, we know it's there, it's just like gravity. We, we, we know it's there. Uh, we're, not, we're just not paying attention to it. And so what I wanted to do was explore them, find those magnificent overlaps, and find those spaces where people can really connect to something so much bigger than themselves to help guide them and lead them and usher them into that next wave of their life. So, you know, that's why I, I wrote Sacred Powers, because, you know, I felt like everyone's on the cusp of a defining moment. And sometimes we're just frozen. Sometimes we don't know which way to go. Should I stay or should I go? You know, should I, do I lean in or do I back up? Do I hold my tongue or do I speak? And there's actually guidance out there. There's universal guidance that, that tells us what's the perfect path to go. And, and we're not talking about, you know, fundamentalist religions. We're talking about something so much deeper than that. We're talking about stardust whispers. We all were born at the heart of a star. And we are stardust, listening to stardust. We are stardust, breathing stardust, speaking stardust, reading stardust. And so when we connect back to that, our stardust beginnings, the, the guidance is so clear and it's so perfect and it's so obvious. And we don't have to allow, you know, our limiting beliefs to get in the way or our fears or constrictions to block us. This stuff transcends all of that. And uh, I'm glad you, you've, you've taken a couple of weeks. There are people who tell me they've been sitting on this book now for six months, and they just can't stop it. They, they, they're, they're living it every single day, and they're using the techniques, and they're using the tools, and they're going through the exercises, and they're having, continuing to have aha moments. Someone sent me, someone sent me a, uh, a picture where they had highlighted almost every single word in the book. <laughs> it's like at that point, you should just get a new book and then try to find you know, another color of highlighter. Because when you highlight every single thing, then you just need to like go through it again. Um, right. They just so, wore it out. Uh, like the page is all yellow, right. At this point right, from, from exactly. the highlighter there's, because there are so many, there are so many aha moments. And I love that explanation, what you were just talking about that we are all stardust because you know, it, it seems like, I don't, I don't know if it, you could say it seems crazy, but I mean, you're right that this stuff really is in, in, in your DNA. It's, it's innately part of us as human beings and being connected to one another this reading this book will kind of wake those things up in you. And you're right. Like I'm still going back and I'm stuck on, uh, you know, some of the questions and, and I'm really asking myself these questions, you know, I'm really, I'm yeah. really digging deep and I'm not just, you know, kind of racing through it just to get through, to see what happens at the end of the book, because I think there really isn't an end. Like the story will always continue to unfold and you'll right. keep learning I mean, and discovering please. new things about yourself. 
And that's what's been going on with, with me as well in transforming yeah. and using these practices and, you know, meditating more and meditating with other people. And it's like, once you start on that path, things, uh, things and people will show up. Like, like Louise said, Louise, Hey, would always say that. I remember asking her, how did, how did you start the company? You know, how did, how did you do that? <laughs> I guess it seemed impossible. And she said, people showed up, you know, the right, the right people showed up, the right information, the messages, the right teachers. And you were certainly one of those teachers for me, I have to say, because I, I tried meditation so many times over the years and, you know, would just give up or have a weird experience and get scared and, you know, and you really made it a, a real practice for me. So I, ha I have to thank Great. you for that. I'm smiling. David G. Just hearing that. I'm going to cry. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. But I wanted to, uh, we do have some calls though. We're going to go to them um, probably after the break. We'll take some calls if people want to join us. Okay. You know, we're trying to encourage people to join the shows and, and talk to the guests, at least definitely on my show. I, I love to have live callers. 816-251-3555 is the number to get in touch. And also I want to mention too, uh, David G., for all of the listeners and people checking out unityonlineradio.org, you've got a free gift for them to download do. a free meditation. If they go to davidg.com slash davidgfreegift, they can check that out. Yeah. So I think that's really cool to make that available. There's actually a couple of free gifts there to increase the lure. <laughs> increase the allure. <laughs> I love it. And people will get to experience the velvet voice of stillness for themselves. It's it's right. amazing. So I do want I do want to ask you quick. I have time for another another question before we go to the break. Yeah. So you know, talking about transformation, and you you shared that amazing story of you know meeting that person that kind of shifted you and shifted your trajectory. Do you think that I think the hardest part is always taking that first step with people. I mean, I know it's been for me, fear holds you back questions. What's my family going to say, husband, partner, whatever. I mean, do you think it takes a major life upheaval? Like, do you have to hit a, a wall or something before that happens? Or is that just seems to be the way things happen, that there's a, a life you know, I, challenge or change? Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. But certainly when you hit, you know, when the universe hits you in the head with a two by four, um, that can certainly go like, oh, that can, that can really get your attention. Um, I know that pain is really a very, very powerful um, motivator. You know, pain is, pain is always uh, more enticing uh, to take a step than, um, than what might be out there. And I think right. uh, in my well, particular situation- Hold on, we're, we're gonna take the short break. Let's continue that thought okay. though, because I think a lot of people are in that space. We'll be right back. Be present, the Diane Ray Show with David G. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Great teachers through the ages have spoken of the importance of our mind. 
and of being master over our thoughts. How often do we forget that we are the ones who decide what thoughts we'll hold and what thoughts we'll reject? The world's great teachers also remind us that our thoughts create our experience. We may not be able to change what is happening in our world, but we can always choose how we will respond to the changing situations of our lives. With a positive attitude, your chance for success in any situation can be greater. That's because a positive attitude will inspire you to look for workable solutions rather than allowing negative thinking to limit your decision making. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Discover Unity Village, and you'll find a peaceful oasis just 15 miles from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. If you're doing business in the area or looking for the perfect place for your retreat or conference, check out all that Unity Village has to offer. With 1,200 wooded acres, a beautiful nature trail, award-winning rose garden, golf course, and newly redesigned hotel and conference center, Unity Village has everything you need for that perfect event. Go to unityvillage.org to find out more. Unity is proud to announce the first-ever New Thought Walden Awards, honoring 27 leaders who are helping to change the world. Some are well-known, but most are unsung heroes. They care about spirituality, healing, interfaith understanding, caring for the earth, and social activism. Read about them in the September-October edition of Unity Magazine, or go online to waldenawards.com. Congratulations to all. Discover how to connect with our loved ones on the other side with Suzanne Giesman and Messages of Hope. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central as Suzanne shares evidence that love never dies. In evidential medium, spiritual teacher, and author, Suzanne brings hope and healing through her gift of communication with those who have passed. Suzanne brings messages of hope and love that go straight to the heart. Tune in this Thursday right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. And thanks for coming back and joining me for Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. My guest today is David G., the author of Sacred Powers. He's also an internationally recognized stress expert, meditation master, recording artist, author, all-around cool guy, and father to uh, Peaches, the Buddha Princess. And I should probably clarify that Peaches, the Buddha Princess, is the mindful Morky and uh, a rescue dog that travels with David G and teaches at the workshops with David G and is usually in pictures with David G. So if you see That's any correct. of the promos or things that I post on social and you're wondering who that cute little dog is, uh, that is Peaches. So we have to give Peaches her props. Yeah, Did I mention that someone's... before, David G? I just assumed people knew who Peaches is. Yeah, it's so funny because, uh, you know, so many people, you know, have listened to me, you know, talk about Peaches for the last 10 years. And uh, they're like, is, is that your... Uh spiritual wife <laughs> you always say sitting here with me is peaches the buddha princess but she doesn't say anything you know I'm like it's a dog she's an la rescue so she's big. silent but uh has a big presence 
Right. She she's amazing. She does teach. It's so funny when um when I took uh, I took David G's uh, meditation workshop, I guess like a, a year or two ago, doesn't seem like that long, but peaches is kind of right there teaching and she's just very calm and serene and, and very, uh, peaceful and, and Buddha like she, she's a yeah, great peaches, teacher. Peaches, <laughs> it's a great, it's a great, um, you know, example to follow. What do you always say about peaches, uh, uh, in, a, in every moment? Peaches teaches in every moment, resist nothing and you will receive unconditional love. That's it. <laughs> Resist nothing and you will receive right. unconditional love. I love that. That's so true. So I just wanted you to finish your thought before the break. Um, I was asking you about, uh, you know, change, transition, you, transformation, which this book really helps you along that path. And I was wondering if it, if it takes like, you know, the rug getting pulled out and you hitting the wall for that to happen. And, and you said not necessarily. Not necessarily that, you know, that's it. It, it's always a great launching pad when you're coming from zero, you know, when you're coming, from, you know, from, from, from the gutter uh, up, you know, I, I knew what I didn't want. I didn't know what I did want. And I think that's an important thing when the pain of where you are is just too extreme and it's just not serving you. And even if you don't know what it is that you do want, then it's, it's easier to make that call. It's like, you know what? I, I, I don't know the relationship that I do want, but I know I don't want this one. Or I don't know the job that I do want, but I definitely don't want this one. And so, like, that's how we make, you know, obvious moves. But I think people, you know, if you really are willing to listen to your, to your, your inner whispers, if you're willing to listen to your intuition, um, you'll make the right call. And, and, you know, obviously there's a whole bunch of techniques and practices to follow. There's so many things that we should do uh, or can do. To, um, to gain clarity in our life and to understand where we are and what the next step is. And that's why, you know, I, I felt I really wanted to write about that in Sacred Powers. And, and in the book, you share this, you, you call it the blueprint. And first of all, I want to say, too, I thought it was interesting in the book, you said that you don't call yourself a guru, but rather a translator. I, right. I thought that was interesting. Is that true? So do you not consider yourself a guru? You know, I have studied with so many gurus and at, at, you know, pretty much at a certain point in the relationship, I realized, oh, um, there's, there's like a whole bunch of expressions or activities or behaviors that I, I don't want to aspire to or that, you know, don't really thrill me or, you know, this person is distinctly human, um, regardless of how enlightened they, they may come off, you know, appearing. And so uh, what I do is, you know, I, I, I find these, these pearls that are out there, this timeless wisdom. And, you know, my mission is to just translate it into real world practical application. I'm not big into theory. I don't really want to talk about theory. I want to talk about how can I take something that, that was talked about 7,000 years ago and how can I integrate that into my life right now in, in this year, in, in my current situation and make it real to me? And so, yeah, I don't want to, I don't, I don't see myself as a guru. Um, there are people who do, you know, see me as that, but, you know, I, I, I encourage them to, you know, to, to get a grip, you know, that we're, we're, we're all, we're all starting, we're all beginners. We're all starting from scratch every single day. And uh, we've all, we're all just trying our best. Everyone's doing their best from their own level of consciousness. So it's never a competition. It's, not it's uh we should see each other as as, as members of a giant family um 
not as you know i'm on this level. i don't believe in spiritual hierarchy at all so that that doesn't vibe too well with a lot of teachers who have taught me because they do believe in, in spiritual hierarchy and i'd i'd rather hang out with someone who doesn't meditate who's really kind than someone who does meditate who's a jerk you know right right no i agree it's and it, it's so it's just interesting to I guess what's that line in the Billy Joel song? I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Uh, something yeah, like well, that. <laughs> but I, yeah. and I've seen people just over the years that have that have worked with, and you're right, they do kind of put themselves on a a, a higher level or or there's a hierarchy of some sort. And I always feel that, you know, whenever I think I know something, I I realize I don't. You know, I I know nothing or how little that I really do know. So I think keeping that beginner's mind open. And and your eyes open and not putting other people above that that they're so so different and great. And also, I've seen a lot of people quote spiritual teachers. I won't say names. That being very human, <laughs> and uh, right. yeah. So we're we're all we are are one, right? We are all one. Amen, sister. In in some way. <laughs> so I want to give people a, a chance to talk with you that have called in. So let me grab a caller here. Let's go to Heather, and she's online too. And Heather, welcome to the show. You're on with David G. Hi, Diane, and hi, David G. Hello. Oh, is this Heather in Austin, Texas? It is Heather in Austin in Austin, Texas. How are well, you? Well, I am so glad you joined the show. Thanks for calling in. Well, congratulations on Be Present, because you're the gift, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> right, it's the present. Awesome. Be, be present. Awesome. You're, you are so sweet. Heather was, is a, a listener and, and a, a friend now from Hay House Radio, and, and she's a big fan of David G's. And, and so you've been working with some of these principles in your own life, haven't you? Yes, and today, well, first I have to say, aham, me, baby, David. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we haven't said it yet today. we got to say that. Um, right, aham, baby. Hear your voice, both of you together. That's so amazing. Yes, I have. Today is a big day for me. Like Happy Lions Gate, eight eight of the um, astrology calendar. You know, there's always every year this kind of astrological portal on eight eight of eighteen. And for me personally, not being an astrologist, I'm a gardener. Diane knows that. Um, I'm always out floating around with the trees and the flowers and tending things. and But for the last 10 years, seriously, I have been on a, um, a sort of sabbatical, I would say, sort of an internal journey to study and be more quiet. And I've learned so much from David G. and from you, Diane, and your conversations with so many wonderful people. And today is my end date. 8 8 of 18, it's been 10 years that I've been devoted to this practice. And uh, it's, I'm giving myself 10 days until the 18th, which I have designated a new beginning. So I feel very much like David G, when you said you find yourself on the cusp of transformation, you know, we're always right there. I feel very much right there. And I'm so grateful that the two of you are available to uh, share your insights with me. Oh, that's so nice. I love that. And we're all on the journey together, right? You know, take, yeah. taking those steps together. That's amazing. Like and so what, what has been, have you had like a revelation or, or something that's kind of come to the forefront for you? 
I think for me, and this also is a question for David G, is that he gave that quote, you often say, David G, about establish yourself in stillness, then go forward um, and perform action. So I feel like after these 10 years, I've really established myself in the stillness. And now is the time to step forward and take action. Beautiful. Yeah. And you, know, and we, you just feel we, that we now's the time? That. I do. We I feel that. like, you know, there's like, like David G., like you were saying, you know, it's so delicious to like meditate a lot and, and spend a lot of time because of my profession being a gardener. I'm not with people a lot. I'm with, you know, solitude, which is lovely. Um, but then I think, like you, your story about the the hand coming out of the box and say, what would be on your tombstone? Well, mine would be, I planted a lot of trees, <laughs> which is not a bad thing, right? Um, and I've helped a lot of people connect with their gardens and with their, I really believe like the spiritual uh, portal through nature, you know, that a lot of people find the stillness that way. Um, but I don't know what's next. I just feel a lot of um, gratitude for having taken the time and the commitment, you know, to meditate, to eat clean, to drink a lot of water, um, to do my yoga, all of those things. That's great. Did you, you want to comment, David G? Yeah, I think, you know, everyone has a different, um, everyone has a different access point to, uh, to spirit. And and that, you know, the 7.6 billion people on the planet, which means, you know, when we leave this earth plane and get to the top of the mountain and we suddenly look down, we realize, oh, there's actually 7.6 billion paths to get there. And that's why we always have to follow our heart. And, you know, we always have to, you know, awaken our native energies. And, you know, one person's um, downhill skiing is another person's gardening and, and you know, another person's you know, connecting to uh, nature, you know, is, a, is, a, is another person's making a presentation in front of a thousand people. So we always have to keep finding the thing that sparks us. It's all about, you know, finding the thing that we connect to that we love, because then we get to express ourselves. And that's when we get to serve the world and serve ourselves simultaneously. And that's really the most fulfilling thing. You know, when you're doing the Lord's work, you know, when you're like serving and helping and healing others, and at the same time, you're feeling so fulfilled uh, and so in the zone, you know, that's for me, you know, that's Zen. It's not just, oh, having a quiet moment. It's being fully, you know, having your heart in alignment with the universe's heart. Right. And I think that's, that's so amazing. And that's something and, I've learned from you, David G., too, that you can honor all of those callings. Like I've always, when I hear you on your show and you talk to different people and different perspectives, you honor all those different callings and for us to establish ourselves in stillness, but then go forward and do these things. There is no one above the other, whether you're, you know, a server who's carrying someone's meal to them or whether you are, you know, the CEO of some big company, you know, all, all of those things are, are serving something. Right. Even Mother, even St. Mother Teresa, you know, 
said, you know, when I'm washing the feet of the leper orphans, you know, I, I'm actually washing the feet of God, and I can't believe that there's not a giant line here. It's just me and God in every single moment. And, you know, what, what mm. could be more, you know, more transformational than feeling that you're doing, you know, your highest expression? Um, and that's different for everyone. That's the, that's the beauty. If it was the same for everyone, like, oh, you know, just, you know, how boring, you know, <laughs> then what? Um, but that's what makes our, you know, all, all that diversity, all that uniqueness, um, you know, all allows us to to really connect to um, to that divine nature within us, you know, to that thumbprint of the universe that's resting inside each one of us. Right. And Heather, thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to try to grab this one more call while we still have some time. But I hope I hope you come back now that now that you found us. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> on unityonlineradio.org. It's, it's good to hear from you. And let me go to Denise, and she's on line three. And we'll bring her on. Hi, Denise, you on? Are you there? Hello, hello. 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 Uh, she must have hung up. Okay. Well, if she Hello. calls back, we will bring her on. Wait, there's someone um, there. It's my sister's name. I thought, oh, my sister's calling in, checking up on me. <laughs> but uh, probably not, since uh, she's a teacher, Hi. probably working. Um, but anyway, David Hi, G., I liked what you were saying about how we all kind of come to things at our own time and that there, you know, nothing's cookie cutter. It's not one size fits all, you know, on this yeah. path. And I, I really hope people give this book the the time and attention that it really deserves because you take people on these paths and show them these principles that we can use and there I, I mean there's so many like even just to kind of get into a couple of them in just the few minutes that we have it, is going to be hard but i did want to talk about you know the sacred power of presence and being present because the show's called be present and i have a quote that you used to always say that's um, that i'm looking at right now do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? And I've actually printed that out back from when we talked, you know, about this years ago. And it's been right. kind of my my reminder and and my mantra sitting on my desk, that Lao Tzu quote. I love that. Right. You know, just and, uh, and, remaining and moving until the right action arises and slowing down the swirl of life. And I've really been trying to to live by that. And that second part of the quote is really the most important part, you know, because, you know, you know, clearly asking the question, do you have the patience to wait until the mud settles and the water is clear? You know, yes, you know, that's, a, that's a, essentially asking someone, you know, or asking yourself, you know, can I be patient? But can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself that acknowledges that there is a right action about to unfold if you just don't get in the way? If you just support it, if you just take steps to nourish yourself and nourish that, that action and uh, to live deliberately, intentionally, consciously, that's the, that's the key. And uh, I remember that day when we talked about it. I remember you, you printed it out. I remember you, you put it up on your corkboard. And so, uh, you know, that was, that was so powerful. And, uh, you know, and I know that it really helped guide you to make better decisions. Just, just having that quote as part of your life. 
No, it, it has. And I, I bring myself back to that because it's uh, not like me to be patient. And that's something that I have been working on. And, and instead of just driving myself crazy, trying to, you know, chase down the right answer and, you know, the quote pursuit of, of happiness and, and always trying to be looking for the next thing, the next thing. I spent years doing that, years, you know, always looking ahead. Well, I'll be happy when this happens. No, I'll be happy when I have this job. No, this relationship, you know, and on and on. And so that really kind of brought me down a little bit to, okay, you know, can you, can you be, can you be present? Can you wait till the, the water is clear? And, and some days I do better than others. Right. And I can and, wait. You know, typically, if, <laughs> some days typically I can. if you're, typically if you're a, um, a high achiever, you know, or a control freak, you know, or an expert <laughs> in something, you're the least patient person because you're like, you're, you've convinced yourself. It's, I know how everything's supposed to go. But um, but that's an illusion. And so we probably can learn more about ourselves when we don't say, oh, I know what the answer is. I'll, you know, uh, if instead we would say, I think I'll let that person finish their sentence. I'll let that person actually express themselves before I respond. You know, I mean, think about it. We've, we've, we finish people's sentences. We cut people off. We... Um, we force issues, we unfurl the chrysalis to reveal the butterfly, knowing that it will kill the butterfly, but we do it anyway because we, we don't have the patience to wait for nature to unfurl itself in its own divine timing. And so that's a cultivation. That's, a, that's a, something to practice, you know, because there's, there's some aspect of every one of our lives that we're impatient about. And we should find that thing. And we should learn to be just a little bit more patient in that thing. Oh, absolutely. And and you talk about this as you as we get in into the book a little bit more and I'm and I'm working through some of the exercises. Uh, you know, part of your winning formula, you know, things that you're taught right. about yourself right. and I thought, "Oh, well there it is. That's part of the old winning formula because in right. in a way having that kind of single-mindedness, focus, determination, there's positive things in that respect." But then you know, but then when I really had to look at it and say, well, what have I given up because of that? Wow, that was that was really a, an eye opener. And then, uh, you know, you saying in the book, your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. Right. Right. That, and we, that was a lot really of times, interesting to me. A lot of times we pay attention to our strength and we're and we don't and it blinds us to our weakness. But we're multidimensional, you know, so the fact that, you know, someone could be, you know, um, uh, super, 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 you know, focused. Well, that makes them not see anything around them. Someone could be, you know, very, very chill and relaxed, but that can, you know, get in the way of their enthusiasm or their excitement or their spark inside. So we have, it's important, you know, what am I not seeing in this moment? You know, I know what I'm seeing because I've mastered it, you know, but what am I not seeing? What's the, what's the other side of the coin? What's the dark side of the moon? You know, what does that contain in this moment? Right, like the the light and the dark, or or as Debbie Ford would say, the shadow. Maybe that would right. be uh, be your shadow side. But what would you say, yeah. like, when you were going through this, so what, what was your old winning formula? Well, I talk about that in the book, you know, and my old, my old winning formula was, you know, uh, I grew up in a household that was pretty uh, loud. Um, and pretty, um, whoever yelled the loudest was hurt. If you did not yell the loudest, um, you know, it was a yelling competition. If you not yelled the loudest, you just w were not hurt. 
So I was not the loudest yeller and I, I, I wasn't heard at home and I, and I didn't feel validated. I didn't feel, you know, feel connected. And so I cultivated humor and I knew that, you know, being humorous or cracking a joke here or there or, you know, saying something funny would always get a response and people would listen. And that worked for me. I got lots of friends and I connected to people and I rose in the corporate ranks and, uh, you know, people were always paying attention. But then I found I wasn't being taken seriously. So what was my divine formula, you know, was, was my winning formula got me to a certain point in my life. But I found it wasn't taking me, you know, what got me there wasn't taking me to the next level. And so then I realized, let me shift that. Let me use humor as a tool, but not an ends. You know, let me, let me be lighthearted while I'm teaching so that, you know, I can teach some really deep techniques in a very, very easy, lighthearted way. But I'm not looking for the joke. I'm just looking to make it easier. And that way, when I would look at it as a, as a means to the end instead of the end, you know, the, not the aha you know, chuckle at the end or the laugh, um, suddenly I began honoring myself and people started paying attention to the content of what I was delivering as opposed to just laughing at the joke. And so for me, that was a huge shift in my life. And it took me about six months to make that shift. Yeah, it's interesting when you start thinking about those things because and it's hard to let go sometimes, right? You know, because oh. those are things that you used for a long time, you know, your kind of your your fallback or or what you right, knew you would get a, a laugh or a response from someone that, that was positive. But yet when you want to be taken seriously, you, you might not always want to go that route. Yeah, I remember I was like being given an, a, a, an award or a scholarship for something and they brought me up to the podium and it was like a room full of people, you know. And, you know, as I got up there, you know, one of the, the, the deans of that, the school said, hey, tell him that joke about the... And I'm like, really? Really? At my acceptance of this of this honorific, you know, that's that's really what you're thinking about. Not tell them something deep, you know, or or profound, but you know, hey, tell them that joke. And I was like, oh my god, I have so branded myself, I have so defined myself, you know, um, and I don't want. That's not what I want now. It's not. It's not who I who I want to be. But I worked so hard. And the funny thing is, when we start to change, um, we've conditioned everyone around us that we are that old person as well. That sometimes it takes longer time for someone else to recognize that you're not that person anymore. And so you have to stay true to your heart in the, in, you know, in the, in the given moment. Right. And one of the questions that um, you ask us to ask ourselves that you put in the book, uh, when we're ready for that powerful new beginning, the rebirth, what can I let go of that no longer serves me? So that would be the thing that you were letting go of. And then for me, I'm, I'm letting go of my impatience to try to predict what's going to happen in the future. As much as I'd like to be a psychic, I'm not. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen and and kind of lean more into the, you know, let let go, let God, you know, the, or the universe, how, however you identify to kind of take over. Or as Lao Tzu said, you know, let the water settle and, and the right. answer will be clear. So that, that's right. been a, a revelation for me that I'm still working on. Maybe yeah, it'll, it'll be more I, than a few months, <laughs> a few years yeah, and I think we're, to get know, to we're, it. We're all, we're, we're all works in progress. You know, That's as, right. As Joel Osteen, I was listening to Joel Osteen on Sirius Radio yesterday, and he said, you know, I'm still on the potter's wheel. You know, I'm still on the potter's wheel. So I, I need to be kinder to myself. I need to be like, oh, I'm still, still a work in progress here. Let me continue to lean towards my best version and, you know, bring everything I have, show up, and uh, the best is yet to come. 
It is. And as we have about like a, a minute and a half or so, as as the best is yet to come, I just wanted to say the the ripple, the ripple effect is another thing that I, I really liked in the book and something that I never thought too much about of of how my ripple would affect people. And obviously we heard um, from Heather, a person that I haven't even met in person, but I feel as a friend, someone I've talked to on the phone has been supportive of, of me and what I'm doing both at, at Hay House and here. So obviously she touched me with her ripple. I touched her. You've touched me with yours. So as we go off into our day, you know, that's what we want to think about, right? Right. We who, have who are we going to touch? Summoned by the universe to this very moment in a never-ending cosmic story. <laughs> I like yeah. that. In the jungles of time and space, as Mike Dooley would say. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'll have to have him on, too. He's great. So, David G., it's been I so awesome you. to talk with you. You're the best. Oh, Diane. I love you. you. I'm in your front row. You're in my front row. Absolutely. Um, Count on want me. to know what that, that. means? Thank you. Check out the book. Right. And check and, out David uh, G., know, davidg.com. And join me again next week here, unityonlineradio.org, or Be Present. I'm Diane Ray. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.